What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Kill Shot DraftKings MMA Breakdown. We're talking UFC Fight Night 238, and I'm back. Boo, boo, hiss. He's back. He's back again. I mean, I missed it. I missed it. Missed talking about some MMA, a little UFC. Been playing it uh, last couple weeks. But, um, you know, had my break from NFL, and we're back in the game. And I did not choose the best card to come back for, guys. It's a good warm-up for next week. Yeah, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. This one's a little bit weird. Um, we got some fights back, though, or, or some extra fights added that are going to level this thing out. But when this card started, oh, my goodness. Man, there was a gap in salaries that forced you to play, like, one or two complete super turds just to make a lineup at all. Where... Now we've got some extra fights in here. And so I'm kind of excited. Um, I'm kind of excited now to see, but there's some all in fights. I think there's some very, very clear approaches that we're going to have to do for this one. And let's just jump into it. And I think we'll start top down. Start top down, guys. First fight of the night, the main event. Yair Rosenstroik taking on Shamil Gadziev. It's a close fight. With uh, Shamil now, actually the lines moved uh, a little bit towards Shamil here late. Uh, he's minus 183. Yeah, you're at plus 158. I don't know about those odds, but more importantly, under four and a half rounds, I mean, under one and a half rounds, minus 175. This is effectively an all-in fight, guys. Um, on this card, there's one of two ways this is going down in my mind. One is it's ending fast and it's going to be in the nuts lineup, and that's a super likely one. And then there's this other like big, fat, slow guys end up just like kind of not doing all that much. But I think it ends up in the nuts either way. So let's just start this out. Monk, um, I'll go over to you. But, um, you know, low volume guys, but this high inside the distance prop, I feel like a big score is coming here. Yeah, I got to agree here. I mean, uh, first of all, welcome back. Good to have you. Um yeah, it's Yair is kind of like uh, the the slightly less exciting, you know, Derek Lewis. Uh, super low volume. All he needs is that one right shot, and it's it. It's over. Uh, he's done it several times in the UFC. He is average bonus points per win is 87.86. If you don't know, you get 90 for a first round finish. So this boy, this guy's been putting some boys down for sure. Um, Gaziev a little obviously higher volume, three four point three seven DraftKings points per minute. His defense, though, is where we're really looking at. Obviously, this is a one fight sample size against Martin Frickin Boudet, who's even lower volume than Rosenstroik, but Gaziev didn't allow hardly any points, less than one per minute everywhere. Um, I mean, he stuffed two takedowns in that fight. So really, really, it's Rosenstroik in the early for a big score, or it's Gaziev early for a big score, but I think he also has potential to win if the fight does get extended, where I think Rosenstroik's um, chances go down a little bit. Maybe they cross up and down uh, at some point after the you know one and a half, if it even goes that far. But yeah, 8,300, 7,900, low, low salaries. You got to play this fight for sure. All in. All in fight, Sniper. Every lineup. Don't fuck around. Yeah, yes, but D different way to look at this. This is actually, for me, only an all-in fight because of this card. This is not as good of a fight on paper as you guys think. And for the, it's a really straightforward pass of this fight not being on the optimal. And we, we've laid it out. Rosenstroik is not high volume. If he gets a second-round win, he scored, what, 83 points, 86 yeah. points? That might not be enough if, if Jarzinho wins in round two. 
there's tons of opportunity for the fight to end in what round one their salaries they're definitely on the optimal but it's 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 not hard to make the case at all for a a non-optimal lineup the problem is i can't even really invest in that this week because the rest of the card it just there's not enough uh, there's the not enough dogs and there's not enough other spots i really like where this is a mid-range fight honestly this fight was priced where the lines are now with Gazi have a minus one one eighty and he was eighty nine hundred. I could really make a case for not going all in here, but I can't. The way that the, the fight card is, uh, I'm all about Gaziev in this spot. Look, Rosenstreich can't stop a takedown. Gaziev can get takedowns. It, it, this should I agree with the line movement. Rosenstreich, I think, is a little bit overrated. Clearly one dimensional. Granted that one dimensional is super dangerous, and if he if he cold cocks Gazayev, I'm not going to be stunned. But unless Gazayev is stupid, he's going to shoot, and this fight is going to be a wrap real early with the big score. So Rosenstreich is live, and again, because I, th- I think legitimately I only picked one dog on this card to win, and I only picked one because it's going to end up being my, my, my kill shot, and I kind of felt forced to. So just oh, for I've that got... reason, Rosenstreich at 7,900 is live. I've got a dog winner, but... um. I don't know. I, listen, Shamil is not that great of a grappler either. I, I, you know, I get he's got the name and he's got the beard and it, it looks like a wrestler. I, I don't know how much of a wrestler this guy really is. Um, what I do know is, listen, Yair's been in there with the best in the UFC, the absolute best guys. Um, yes, he's lost to a lot of them, but he's also got some wins against decent opponents um junior dos santa that's a real win augusto sakai that's kind of a real win uh Two guys who don't grapple chris Dawkins, the third guy who doesn't grapple yeah but you know what is is god's have that great of a uh, uh, of a grappler i'm not sure. you have to be For i don't know. Yeah. that's what i'm saying this thing is a little bit closer than it seems like i'm i'm not just assuming that shamil is coming in there turning into uh jelton almeida part two or or any of that I don't know how good of a grappler he is. He can get a takedown. So for me, I think Yarzino is actually a better striker. And if it stays standing, he's going to knock um, Gaziev out. So I, I like this fight, but I, I, I'm a little more on on the Yarzino side here. I think he can knock out Shamil if Shamil, you know, gasses or just if the takedowns don't lead to a finish. Just because Shamil takes him down doesn't mean... That's going to finish it. So I think it's a little bit closer than we're talking about, but all in fight, you got to have one of these sides. Just the way the math works out on this card, you're going to have to have a piece of this one. Um, I do not see it going five rounds, though. If, right, it, goes pa- if it goes past two, it's going to go five and be disgusting. Yeah, it's, it, it could get gross. Or, you know, Yarzino is going to knock him out in like the third round and score an okay, like 77 points. And you're going to be like, wow, you got to finish. Didn't really score that great. And that that's the risk with Yarzino is just, you know, he's going to throw two or three strikes per minute. Some of the fight's going to be on his back. And it, when that knockout happens, if it happens later, it's not going to score well at all. So that that's the danger there. But the way again, the way the math works out on this card, you almost like too fucking bad. You have to play somebody because they 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 skipped a lot of the mid range here. So mostly all in. Yeah, the only other thing I I do if this gets extended, I like Gaziev even late. Rosenstrike controls less than three percent of all grappling time he's involved in, so he better hope Gaziev can't take him down. Yeah, he's gonna yeah, lay Gaziev, there at the end of the round. <laughs> it, uh, it's a good live betting fight because if Gaziev can't take him down, or if he gets stuffed a couple times, that's not a bad place to throw a live bet in on 
your Zinho. Like, that's where you want to do it. Oh, he stuffed a takedown. Oh, this guy's not. Because we don't know until we see it. I've seen, I feel like I've seen Rosenstrike stuff a takedown before. I feel like I've seen it. Um, all right. Fight number two on the card. We got Vitor Petrino taking on Tyson Pedro. Petrino coming in as a minus 300 favorite in this fight. Um, over one and a half rounds, minus 145. Under two and a half rounds, minus 190. So a fight here that's looking like it could finish. And Monk, I, I know you're not going to be super happy with uh, the the uh, metrics on these two guys in general. Oh, I don't Petrino? know. I think Petrino, they're drafting. Petrino. Yeah, they're drafting. I was going to say this is like kind of a must play fight in my opinion as well. Really? Uh, oh yeah, Petrino's the cheapest night. He's the fifth cheapest uh dog on this entire card at 9k something we have to keep in mind like i believe you said there's only four 8k salaries this week it's a yeah. real ripoff uh so 9k all of a sudden becomes cheap um petrino i, was, I mean i think about the strikes per minute but i'm seeing yeah the the takedowns make up for it takedowns and finishes overall i mean petrino against uh the worst nickname in the ufc of all time the pleasure man scored 116 in his debut scored 104 Great against back and 93 against Bukowskis. Meanwhile, we know what Pedro's going to do. It's round one or bust uh, for Tyson Pedro. So you got to have some of that round one upside. Or you're going to be sitting on the sidelines watching a 7,200 uh, guy make the optimal lineup. So uh, Petrino, 4.84 points per minute. I mean, Pedro's almost at three. Neither guy allows three points a minute, but uh, the scores when they win are gigantic, 104 and 106 for Petrino and Pedro, respectively. I love this fight. Eileen Petrino, but uh, for the pick, and I did pick him uh, for the website for DFS Army, but uh, I think there's some, you cannot pass the upside of a round one Tyson Pedro finish. You just can't. That's insane. I like it. Let's see here. Tyson round, uh, let's see uh, Tyson inside the distance. Plus 350. Okay. I'll allow it. What do you think, Sniper? This is one of those. If you've listened to me break down fights on these guys, I've always been high in Petrino and low on Pedro. So there's there's no way I'm not picking Petrino. I've been riding the rain the the train since since he beat the Pleasure Man, the best nickname in MMA, and Pracnio and Bukowskis. I don't see you know he's got a win over Rodolfo Bellato, which is not nothing. A guy named Gazamorad and Tigalov, whose name is to recognize. He beat him in 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 uh, in UAE. Although. That guy's really kind of fallen off since his UFC run. That being said, Petrino moves forward. He's aggressive. He's he's willing to strike. And all of a sudden, he gets to the UFC and he could wrestle. And you were like, what the fuck is happening here? He's he's kind of, He reminds me of another guy we're going to talk about later in Matt Schnell and Roy Val from last week. He's just going to go forward recklessly because he doesn't give a fuck if he gets taken down. Give, like zero fucks given. And he ends up in the clinch and he's stronger than these guys and goes down. I will say to Monk's point, actually, where I see... Pedro can win this fight is if he catches some kind of fluky submission being a guillotine on a sloppy takedown or, you know, wrapping up something like that. But I think it's a minimal outcome. I got other dogs I'm going to pick from. Monk may like Pedro, and I'm not going to full fade him, but I like Petrino. More active, more power, can wrestle, more upside. He's my guy. Yeah, I have, I have no faith in Tyson Pedro at all. This guy has just, um, he's lost to terrible guys. He lost to Modestus Bukowskis. Who Petrino destroyed. So, you know, basically Tyson Pedro to me is pretty scrubby. 
worse in recent times? Like, if this is a guy who hasn't gotten better since his debut, he got worse. Yeah, I think the Petrino side is the spot here for sure. Um, not too much to say about it. I, I, and uh, yeah, a fight to have heavy exposure to, especially considering Petrino at 9K is like a bargain on this card. He's like on the cheaper side of the favorites. And I'm not really sure of any of these more expensive favorites. None of them are screaming, oh my gosh, I'm going to score massive. So for that reason, yeah, uh, that one works. Um, all right, next up, we've got Mohamed Makayev taking on Alex, probably going to drop out of the fight, Perez. We'll see if it gets, if it, if it happens. Um, Muhammad is a minus 350 favorite. Fight ends inside the distance, minus 155. So this one looks like it might be slated to, um, it's one of the higher decision props on this particular card anyway. Monk, I was a big fan of uh, Alex Perez when he was like healthy and able to fight. But take a look at this, man. This guy. What? His losses, his his wins have aged terribly. Go look at his wins. None of them have aged well at all. No, I mean, Juicier Formiga is a good win. 2020 Juicier Formiga, that was the problem. That was his best one. This is what I wrote in the notes was, um, since the Juicier Formiga win in 2020, June 2020, he's lost two fights and he's had 12 cancellations. 12. It's absolutely insane. He hasn't had a win since that Formiga fight. Uh, but but know, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold it's up. Wild. The two losses are against Pantoja and Figueroa. Like those oh. are really, really respectable opponents. He hasn't lost, but he wasn't crowd. even sure. competitive. He smashed in less than two minutes, and he, <laughs> he did get crushed. He did get crushed. <laughs> like uh, you could say that if he like made it a fight, kind of lost a decision or got finished. Like he got steamrolled. That is fair. And I don't know what the story is with all these canceled bouts. What the hell's the problem with this guy? A couple of them well, are actually four of them are Schnell. Matt Schnell. Yeah, a, a couple of Two them are, are Askarov. Yeah. Like, it wasn't always Perez's fault in his defense. Like, I know Schnell pulled out once. I know Askarov pulled out once. He missed weight. So some of this was once. just like bad luck. Yeah. Kai Kara France, was, that was Kai pulling out of that fight. I don't okay. know about Cop. All right, there it is. So that's more fair. And and you know what? I appreciate that. So I like Alexander Perez, been a fan. By the way, and, and on the flip side, Muhammad Makayev, man, he's been a massive favorite in all these fights. I feel like they've been pretty close fights, all of them. Kind of think Elliot was beating him in that fight before uh he got that submit. Like if you played Makayev pretty much in the last couple of fights, you were you were a little nervous. Uh and you were nervous about your DraftKings score. I think um Let's see what he's been putting up here. Hold on. Uh, yeah, he did score well in the end. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, not much action, but ends up scoring decent in the end. Probably not good enough, though, for his salary. So he's been 97, 96. He's getting you like 100. I don't know, Monk. What do you say? No, the last two have been less than I, uh, ideal. Sorry, I thought I was muted there for half a second. Um, 96, 97, like you said, didn't make the optimal. But in his defense... He was 96 and 95 for Gordon and Johnson, and he scored 120 on average and made optimal in both of those and against Cody Durden, who's probably uh, aged the best, the best aged win. It's probably not really arguable at this point. It was Cody Durden. Um, yeah, Alex Perez, look, maybe it's because I am desperately searching for some balance, so I need a dog. But I was kind of thinking, again, if this fight happens, huge if, 
well, Perez could be okay. Like, I'm a huge Makayev fan, gigantic. I mean, especially for DraftKings. I already said three optimals in five fights, five points a minute, 114 points on average per win, and that's with one of them being less than uh, 100. So, yeah, I'm a gigantic Makayev fan. I'm, I'm rooting hard for this kid. But Perez, when he performs and performs well, his numbers are almost the same, 4.68 a minute over his last five, 106.64 uh, per win when he did find a win over those last five. I'm trying to pull up the uh, career. Yeah, 106.82 per win in his career and 4.7 points a minute. So when he's performing, I know Sniper just said it's like Mark De La Rosa and and I don't even know who else. Uh, Formiga or Espinosa, uh, Eric Shelton. There, there's no, yeah, there's no, Torres was, was a hype no really competition, but when he's looked good, he's looked good. And the only thing I will say is Makayev has come out on top scored extremely well. Um, the stats say he's winning the fights pretty dominantly, but we, we have seen moments of lapse. So I'm not really thinking Prez can find it, but if he can, I think he's an okay punt play at 71, but geez, man, does this fight even happen? And I, I don't know. And I just, I don't think you can beat, I don't think Perez has beaten Makayev, but he's a decent pump play for GPP. For what it's worth, too, um, I believe that yeah, he's going to have no ownership. Makayev is 23 years old. He's doing all that. Everybody's giving him shit. He's 21 years old fighting the UFC as a giant prospect. The kid's yep. just going to keep getting better and better. I think this is classic guy in the upswing, guy in the downswing. If fight happens, and I kind of do think it does, I think this is going to be this is like this is a perfect fight for Makaya. The UFC knows what they're doing in terms of building stars. This just seems like the perfect fight for him. I get the logic behind Perez. I don't think I can quite pull the trigger. I think I think this is the spot I'm actually going to shy away from because if Perez wins, does he even score well? Unless he gets a flash KO, which I just. I don't know. I, I I can't quite see it. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on on the Makayev side, pretty heavy. I know I've done that a few times. I do have a couple dogs that I think are are worth a shot, and they're all cheaper than Tyson Pedro and Alex Perez. There are three guys down there I'm willing to take some shots on, which is bananas. You're gonna have to and just pick your poison this week. And for me, I also I get the feeling Pedro and Perez are gonna be the most popular of those bottom five, and that just makes me want to not play them. I mean, that's fair. Um, I think Perez could win. I, you, you know, anytime you have a guy like Makayev who doesn't really throw a lot of strikes, there's that danger. You know, I think we saw a fight, I don't know if it was last week, a couple weeks ago, where we got a ton of takedowns, but didn't land many strikes, and they gave the decision to the opponent. So you never really know. Last um, week was stupid. The, the anti-grappling bias in MMA has gone way too fucking far. That's what I said. But we're, are we going to deny it or are we going to sit here and say, hey, this kid oh. is just a grappler. He doesn't throw strikes. He barely throws in his hey. fight. I mean, uh, Monk, uh, dude landed 14 strikes, 16 strikes in a fight, 12, 2. I mean, uh, these are decisions. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more ground and pound, to be honest. If you have the type of control time that well, Makayev has. significant strikes. Go go over to the right to his strikes. I mean, yeah, he's landing the little love taps, but but oh, uh, those that yeah, I mean, the non-significance add up huge. That's how McKenzie that's how you get the big score. How, old score DraftKings scoring, old school DraftKings scoring. He'd be a dumpster fire, and we'd all be hating McKenzie. Yeah, <laughs> well, when they didn't count those at all. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I'd like to see more of that. 
Yeah, I could lose. But I, I think in the end of the day, you know, and it is noteworthy that Perez has acceptably good takedown defense on his career. Not great, but like 77% is not bad. So I don't know. I feel like if they keep it standing, I, I think Perez will be the better striker if it's standing. But Perez is completely untrustworthy. What do you guys think? Like maybe they're not, there's no more USADA now, right? So we could take the, the roids. No, no restrictions. It is, it is the Wild West. Are these guys roided out? Like what's going on? You haven't really seen anybody crazy yet. Like I thought Paulo Costa was going to look insane and he hasn't yet. So I, I don't, I don't really know. It's like something to monitor. Gotta bring I, haven't, back. I haven't really noticed anything, honestly, but maybe I just, I just, I mean, I'm, if I'm no one's it. testing them, they're definitely going to be taking roids. I hope they will be. Fuck. Yeah. They're going to V4 Belfort. Is making come back right man. now. He's, he's getting ready. Get you. You saw is just holding us back, bro. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to, Say anything, but like, yeah, there's no. There, I'm not trying to say anything, but I'm gonna. That's not gonna make it so easy to cap these fights. Like, guys are gonna just show up looking completely different than they. You gotta ever watch looked. their cam. You gotta pay attention to the camps. Then, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, focus uh, on your Brazilian fighters. Look there first. Brazilian. Everybody's gonna be taking the roids. Are you kidding me? Like, if you there, there's a the restriction. Yeah, but Brazilians are generally more. Yeah. Uh, they, they throw the all cares exactly. Yeah, the best vitamins. The best vitamins, it's just it's just vitamins and horse meat. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> your bros in college took steroids just so they could look ripped for the ladies. Okay. These guys are making money doing it. Like, you know, every idiot I knew was 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 taking uh was taking injections or pills just to to be ripped. Okay. <laughs> this is fucking fights. They're athletes with no testing. I don't know that that's true. I don't even know that that like there's not some other testing going on, but if that's the case, man. You know, it's going to be a little scary trying to figure out who's doing what uh, or how they change from fight to fight. Um, but with that being said, next up, we've got um, Umar Numagomadov taking on Best Cat. Whatever. Almacan. Almacan. Uh, I probably should have looked that up before the show here. Um, Umar's a massive minus 1200 favorite. He's going to win the fight. Um, this guy. Um, Bexit, not bad. Not a bad fighter, but I mean, you know, you don't want to go up against the Numaga Madoff in your UFC debut. Monk, is there any reason to even consider this one? The 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 um the prop here to, to go to decision is, I think, um, eh, inside minus one seventy inside the distance. You know, looks like about two and a half rounds on the prop. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, even though uh, Umar, 9,700, most expensive fighter on the card, I personally thought he was going to be our first minus 10,000 fighter ever. So I think we're getting a bargain here. Um, I'll definitely be playing him. I'm not going to like, it's not an all-in fight by any means, but I'm definitely going to have a lot of him in cash and a lot of him in, in GPPs. I mean, the guy is probably the best DraftKings overall score when you add in the defensive side of things that we have on the entire card i mean he's scoring just under makayev by a one one hundredth of a point per minute at 4.96 but his defense is spectacular he allows 0 0.6 0 0.6 points per minute overall 0.5 at distance and 0.1 points per minute inside the distance scoring 109 so far on average um all of his wins over 100 points so yeah he has a statistically very good chance of scoring triple digits against a guy that nobody's ever heard of. And the first clip we see from him is him fighting on what appears to be AstroTurf. Also, I need to dive in more, but Jay Petri from SureDog 
uh, yeah. put something on today. I, maybe you can explain. Stole I kind of went thunder. over it right before. No, I won't even get into it. You go ahead. Um, he, he Something about the record, so I'll let Sniper talk about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm an Umar fanboy. I love this guy. Everybody's like, oh, is he going to get a title shot of fighting nobody? Nobody will fight this guy. They had to bring in some dude who fights on AstroTurf to, to, to fight him. So except, I think, except he's, I, I think he's good at 97. Corey Sandhagen will fight him. As the, oh, yeah, that's going to be great. That's going to be a great fight. Because Norman Madoff pulled, off of the, pulled out of that fight. It wasn't It wasn't Corey. It was not Corey. And Corey, I think, said if he doesn't get a title shot next and Umar looks good, give me Umar again. Nice. I, would, I would love that fight. Good. I love Corey, too. Uh, the background on Beck's up, by the way, do you remember a few, it might have been last year at this point, we had that Ukrainian guy who... Askar Mozarov, shout out yeah, to Alonzo like, Menafield. He, he was, he was come, you know, fight week, he was like 14-1, and 14-0, and, and then he was like 11-0, and, and then 8, and like they started, they stopped discount, they started discounting wins. Same kind of thing here, uh, uh, being accused of record padding and adding bouts that are not mixed martial arts contests into his um, official record. I'll be interested to see what they announce him as. Either way, he's in the UFC. Uh, actually, doesn't look terrible. The tape wait, I wait, watched. Wait. Five of his wins came against opponents whose records are NA. Yep. Yeah. It's some <laughs> other form of fighting. Starts with a Z. I don't know. I don't remember what he called yeah. it. But so, he's, he's now 14 and one, where he was 17 and one at the beginning of the week. Zepizak. Zepzak. Yeah. So, but when I do, when you watch his mixed martial arts fights, because the, the recent ones you, you can find, I mean, he's, he's not, he wasn't always in nothing promotions. You know, I went back and you watched the tape of him in, um, God, now I have to look real quick. I'm going to sound stupid. It was UAE. It was Octagon's what I was thinking of, but he did have a UAE fight in there. Like it's not, not nobody. He's beaten, you know, a, a 14 and one Moro Mastro, Mastro Marini. Like guys who, who, UAE is a decent promotion. So, yeah, he started off crushing cans, but he's got some decent wins in there. Looks okay. Um, it's just a matter of how good Umar is. I actually think this this guy is going to win some fights in the UFC, just not here. I agree with Monk. I want to play Umar. I think there's going to be a ton of grappling in this fight on both sides. If this kid is as good as I think, maybe even in a scenario where all the favorites win, he might make the optimal. If he scores 25 points and everybody else crushes, I mean, we've seen it before plenty of times. I don't think I would stack the fight. I wouldn't go quite quite that far. It's one of those, I'll probably be overweight to both sides. I'm going to get a ton of Umar in because he's better than all the other 9K guys, the high 9K guys, I should say. And Omicron's in a style of fight that I, you know, I like him more than I like Zahabi and Pickett. So here we are. I got to play both guys. Yeah, I mean, um, on this card, it's fair. Uh, again, there is an additional fighter now. Uh, you don't have to be as in intense with with as many punts, but um, that'd be the oh, only reason no, to you fight. Don't, don't consider AJ Cunningham. Don't. No, no, not him, not him. But but the only reason to play him, I I like uh, the other kid that came in. But Sopai? Yeah. Yeah, but he's seventy six hundred. It's a thousand more than. Yeah, than, it's not enough. Yeah. You still need one turd, but but you don't need two of them now. Before, like initially, you needed two of them, and now you only need one, and and so it does change it up a little bit. I'd rather try to find a winner. This kid isn't winning this fight. Fuck that. Um, okay. Steve Urseg, take it on Matt Schnell. Urseg minus third four thirty five. Man, that's big. That's a big number. Um, take it on Matt Schnell plus three thirty five. Let's take a look at the uh, inside the distance props here. 
<sighs> under one and a half rounds plus 100 under two and a half rounds minus 185 fight ends inside the distance minus 240 so monk um you know urseg coming off a bunch of wins everybody loves urseg now but um you know he's not exactly beating world beaters here he's beating a bunch of scrubs so uh, I think Matt Schnell is a bit better than who he's fought before, but everybody loves Ursig here. Uh, yeah, I'm picking Ursig to win, but I don't understand all these inside the distance numbers. It's basically just because of, you know, obviously Schnell has been finished uh, six times as a pro uh, twice in his last two losses, but Ursig has shown next to no finishing ability in the UFC so far. He felt like you said, two okay guys david dvorak he went to, to decision outstruck him by one strike three takedowns to one but only 10 percent control time wins the fight scores less than 70 points um probably makes the optimal though he was uh 6800 then he fights alessandro costa another three round decisions decision scores less than 88 points um lands 74 strikes 43 percent control time and there's no finish there so we're now paying 9,200. So we started at 68. We went up to 86 and now we're paying 9,200 uh, because we think Ursig's going to finish Schnell. I don't buy it. Of course it could happen. Um, but honestly, I think Ursig does win, but I think it's by decision. And so I'm going to be a little lower. I was really surprised to hear, not that people are picking Ursig to win, but the people are picking him to win inside the distance at such a high rate. Plus 100 on, on, minus, on under one and a half. Are you kidding me? That is, uh, that's crazy. So I might be wrong. You know, we might see an Ursig finish here, but nothing that he's shown us so far against lesser competition, in my opinion, has led me to believe that he's going to score a shitload of points in a win here. So I really don't get it. Um, and I get Schnell is a decent punt, in my opinion. He's a veteran. He's got a, a ton of UFC fights. Um, and Ursig's got two. He's only got 12 how many fights does Schnell have in the UFC? He's he's got 12 UFC fights. Ursig has 12 fights total. So I'm not counting Schnell out. He's a veteran, fought a ton of people in division and gotten some big wins. Don't forget the Sumadarji uh comeback that was absolutely fight of the year candidate. Um, like Ursig by decision here, but I'm not counting Schnell out by any means. Don't be under on uh Astro Boy. Yeah, look, I, I can explain the logic to you, and then I'm going to do a hard 180. It's not about Ursic. It's about Schnell being kill or be killed because he's got like those, I think it's 11 UFC fights. One's, one's the ultimate fighter finale. Oh, no, ultimate fighter finale counts. I think there's seven or eight finishes in there, and it's all because he's kill or be killed. Rob Font finished him. Hector Sandoval finished him. Pantoja finished him. Roy Val finished him. Mateus Nicolau finished him. All those five guys are really good, and I like Ursic as a prospect. This is one more kind of show-me fight here. Like I, I get... He went in and he beat Dvorak and he beat Costa. I think all those guys I just rattled off who Schnell has lost to would beat those guys pretty easily. Uh, so this is, if you want to, you know, wiki cap it that way. And, you know, the, the, the Sumu Darji fight, it, it's it's about Nikolau, not Nikolau, it's about Schnell marching forward. So that that's the logic there. That being said, Schnell is the guy I alluded to earlier. Schnell is the guy I'm going to pick to win with that UFC experience. The fact that he's a really slick, slick grappler, he's going to move forward and bring the pressure to Ursig. I don't know, you know, Ursig. I don't think he's really had to deal with that. You know, good wins over Dvorak and Costa. I've rated Schnell a little bit higher than both those guys. I might be a little bit higher than Schnell on Schnell than most. We also had that 
There was a narrative going for a while that Schnell's uh, chin is toast. And yeah, he's gotten finished. Nicolau pops hard. Like he was in the war with um, Sumu Darji. Tyson Nam hits like a truck and Tyson Nam didn't finish him. So I think it's a little overblown. It's about the style. He's willing to march forward and get hit. Could it happen? Sure. But I think in terms of skill level for some of the dogs we have down here, I think by far Schnell is the most skilled of these guys in the low 7Ks. Taking on really what's still an unknown quantity at this point. So give me Matt Schnell to pull an upset here at, at, a, at a good price. Yeah, I like the call on Schnell here. Um, you know, his his weakness is getting knocked out, right? He's a pretty good fighter in there. I think he might be better on the, on the you know, if you just skill for skill on the feet, I think he might be better than Urseg just as a striker. And we know Schnell is dangerous on the ground. You know, he's a submission grappler. He definitely has a lot of submissions to his credit. So now I think he'll be able to hand him, handle himself. I don't think he's going to be submitted like what Urseg did to some like low-level Australian scene, um, you know, regional guys earlier in his career. I like to call on Chanel. I think that is the um, better DraftKings side. You're forced to take a cheapie on this card. You have to choose someone. And if people are going to choose like Umar's opponent, who's going to be on his ass for most of that fight or, or, you know, any of these other guys that are really have no chance. I think, I think Chanel's a really good way to punt on a card where you have to punt one and you might not win it, but a 35 40, it might be enough to get the job done. So I'm interested in him for sure. Um, all right, guys, if you're watching this, make sure to smash that like button. Let me know. Let us know in the comments who you're picking on these fights, which side you like. Um, is there an all-in fight that you're seeing for DraftKings that we're missing? A fighter that we didn't mention? Who's your kill shot? Let us know in the comments section below. Smash that like button. Let me know if you like the, the format as well with the geek back in the mix. All right. Next up. Eric Anders taking on Jamie to tap Pickett. Anders, a minus 500 favorite. What is going on here? How bad is Jamie Pickett that Eric Anders is a minus 500 favorite against I can't him? believe we have to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. Dude, I mean, the only thing, listen, Jamie Pickett stinks. The only question is, can Eric and Monk, Monk will know. Can Eric Anders score enough to make it worth rostering him at a sort of an elevated price? Over one and a half rounds, minus 250. Over two and a half rounds, minus 135. The odds makers are expecting a low scoring decision. Maybe the low ownership is a reason to play this. What's my reasoning here, Monk? I mean, in his last win, he smashed up Kyle Daukus uh, halfway through the fight. 119 points almost. Crazy. Um, but before but. that, Darren Stewart, 81. So it's kind of a bit up and down. So we have to look at what Jamie Pickett allows when he loses. And that is a he does lose quite often. 103 and a half is what Jamie Pickett gives up on average per loss. The dude scores well under the Lewis line at 1.88 points a minute in his career, not over two points at distance, not over two points inside the distance, and 65.99. We are not rounding up to 66 for Jamie Pickett. 65.99 is his uh, average DraftKings per win. Eric Anders has not great lines either. I mean, inside the distance, he's looking good, but Pickett actually seems to have, uh, that's his one semi-solid point uh, in his game is he has an 81% UFC takedown defense. Um, 
I just don't know if Eric Anders is going to, if this goes to decision, this score is going to suck bad and you're going to have played Eric Anders at either minus 500 or 9,300. And you're going to be quite sad with yourself, but Jamie Pickett's terrible. How is he getting fights? I don't get it. Eric Anders should finish this guy. Um, he's been finished in his last three or four. Give me Eric Anders. I'm not going to go crazy with it though. I like other nine K spots here and I'm not playing Pickett. Sniper, is this like a contrarian play on Eric Anders? What what's the reason? He's probably gonna be, I don't know, under 15% owned. That's the only reason I can give it. I can't do it. Fuck it. Fuck this fight. I I, I hate this fight. I, I don't Eric Anders knocked out Kyle Dawkins. A, a stiff win can knock out Kyle Dawkins. If, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I don't think other fight. Jamie Pickett, by the way. Pickett is terrible. Yeah, but Pickett at least like Pickett is losing. It's let's see, let me go back. You're gonna force me to talk about this fight, which is just horrendous. All right, Josh Frem didn't finish him. I mean, that's all I gotta say. Josh Frem didn't finish him. Dennis yeah. Tululin knocks him okay. out. And, and, and Chukwe, and Chukwe didn't finish him, and <laughs> Frem didn't finish him. Is Eric Anders more of a finisher than those guys? I, I just can't do it. I, yeah. I get it. I get the logic to it. Maybe mix them in a little. Could be that contrarian way, but I'm I don't think I'm all about game theory and I can't pull the trigger because I, I feel like both of these guys are leftover from the COVID era. Like, guys, come on. I get it. We appreciate you being around. Eric, Eric Anders has been around a long time. You'd be surprised. Eric yeah. Anders' first UFC fight was, was on the contender series in 2017. And then again in tw- oh, wait no wait no wait wait that was Pickett sorry that that that, that was Pickett because no, he had three go arounds Pickett Eric Anders has been around longer than that yeah he's been around he's been around but ugh. 20, 2017. anyway all right I just mean like crappy fighters the UFC should have dropped but kept him on board at that you you know during the era of uh, you know we needed to fight every week and it was hard to travel I was I was at Eric Anders first first UFC fight. Nice, really. In, in, in Long Island against Rafael Natal, when Natal once got hit so hard he stumbled into the cage face first, Chelsea Chandler style. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't he running away; he got fucking smashed. I like it. Back when Eric Anders had aggression. All right, so I'm seeing a little bit of a difference on the topology screen from fight odds. So I'm going to stick with fight odds for the order here. And next up, we're going to go Ludovic Klein taking on last minute replacement. AJ Cunningham. Now, I, Monk, I, I, Klein is at minus 900. The inside the distance prop here, um, minus 230 under two and a half rounds. Pretty good. Pretty Value. Good. Now, one thing I did see was a picture of Ludovic Klein looking all kinds of roided up. I'm not sure if that was like a doctored up picture I saw on um, Twitter slash Instagram, but he was looking ripped. He was looking like no Usada's helping him. Uh, grow into the uh into into the into the role here so to speak but um is it worth paying up for Ludovic? on paper absolutely not uh i mean he beat Devonte smith scored less than 70 beat mason jones 76 beat ignacio bahamondas 86 points there all by decision i mean this dude's not finishing anybody if there is anybody he can finish though i'm assuming it's this bum aj cunningham um who lost his dana white contender series fight got knocked out in the second and yet here we are uh with an extremely short notice replacement but yeah klein 2.78 points per minute actually that's his last five 
2.93 points a minute. I mean, he's he's just a very low volume, 83.91 points per win. Uh, Cunningham, when he did lose, would have allowed 121 to uh, Stephen Wynn there. So I don't know what to think, man. Honestly, I, my heart says I should, I'd rather pay up 100 bucks and play Umar. This is a ridiculous uh, odds line, a money line and uh, salary for for um, Ludovic Klein. But dude, Cunningham could get beat in a minute. I have no idea. I mean, Klein's never shown that, but Cunningham really could suck really, really bad. So yeah. I'm not counting out Klein like I want to, and I'll have him in a little bit. But I can't, I can't get to a ton of him at 9600. I just can't. It's basically the old play him for the 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 60 second finish hope. yeah and then if it's not happening you're probably screwed what do you probably think, I, i'm higher on Klein than you guys because i'm lower on cunningham cunningham is a mid lfa fury guy he's mid on those cards and now he's going up against ludovic klein who's who's not bad not bad at all. I mean, what was the fight he scored? 86 and that you were like poo-poo yeah, a second ago? Bahama. He's getting wins. He's, he's winning yeah. fights. Ignacio Bahamundes is, is good. Um, yeah, there, there's just... And so is Mason Jones' legit prospect. Yeah, he's, he's winning no, fights against decent, decent guys. I don't, I don't shit on Ludovic Klein. Tell me, he, he knocked out Shane Young in, in, the first shot, in the first round. I mean, Shane Young's, I think, is pretty comparable here to AJ Cunningham. Give me... Give me, give me Klein. I, I think he's actually the safest cash game fighter on the card, including. Oh yeah, for Umar. cash, for sure. Like lock, like play. I would play him above Umar. Like I'm gonna make that really clear. Um, in cash. Yes. What about yeah? In cash, but what about GPPs though? You pay 9,600 for Ludovic Klein. Dude, Dude this he was, this he was 9,200 against Landwehr is most expensive, and he this lost. Is, this is where game this is where game theory matters. Yeah, but you don't compare Nate the train to AJ sucks. It's just is it's tough. This is for me where game theory kicks in. Not some of the down. Everyone's gonna play everyone's think the same thing. I'll play Umar, I don't play Ludovic Klein. Ludovic Klein doesn't score shit. I go, okay. So there's a, I think there's game theory in playing getting lineups where yeah, we're saying there's not a ton of dogs, but you get one or two come through. The game theory for me is playing more Klein and playing where you can fit in Klein and Umar. The rest of your lineup's going to look gross. It's going to be those two guys, main event fighter, and three dogs. The true game theory is fading Klein and playing 10% Cunningham. <sighs> it goes to decision and Cunningham scores 30. There is game theory and then going to the casino from Vegas vacation. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're saying the game theory, dude, Klein's never, he's, when is the last time he put up any kind of good score? So at some point, and he's fighting garbage opponents like before Landwehr. Like, what do you score against Shane at Young? At some point, it's going to be viewed as, as lucky as shit. Like when Mackenzie Dern put up 160 points or whatever, that's, it happens, but it's lucky as shit. Uh, I think I think you're discounting quality competition too much here. A AJ Cunningham is ass. Yeah, th th listen, that's what no I can't one, get. No one's playing this guy, so no one's really gonna. He's not gonna be heavily played. He's gonna be one of the low owned guys, and yeah, he's he's fade. He's facing a crap opponent. You never know. You never I want to see how many Klein Umar. I want to see how many Ludovic Umar lineups I can make. Um. Javid Basharat, Bash Brothers, taking on Ayman Zahabi, probably the most boring fighter, you know, this side of, um, you know, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know how to get worse than Eric. I, mean, I don't know. Eric Anders, super boring. Ayman Zahabi, 
Javid Basharat minus 800 monk. Um, this one again does not scream high scoring over two and a half rounds minus 210. I'm as a hobby known as having some of the best striking defense in I'm sure the numbers are going to be crazy here, monk. Yeah, he doesn't allow like anything, he doesn't score anything at all, less than two points a minute in his career. But he allows just uh, right at two points a minute. He's allowing one and a half at distance. He does allow a shitload of points inside the distance is the thing. 6.23 points per minute. And uh, he controls less than half of the control time he's involved in. Ends up with less than 79 points a win. And he only allows 71 when he loses. So that's a long way of saying there are no points to be scored in Eamon's hobby fights. Now, I've said that before. And then he comes out and smashes Orichi Lang. That in the one. first round, three oh. fights ago, he smashed awful, awful Draco Rodriguez in the first. So if he's fighting low-level competition, then there is a chance that I would play him. I would go against the grain, <clears throat> excuse me, and put more of him in the lineup. Because when he does get that first-round finish again, twice in his last three fights, excuse me, got got to cough it out there. Um, he has put up good score, 103 about on average, but Basharat is not Arichi Lang, and Basharat is definitely not Draco Rodriguez. His numbers have only gotten better per win, 66, 83, and 98, um, and he was on his way to doing some work against uh, against Henry before he didn't kick him in the balls, uh, according to the doctor and, and everyone. But yeah, I, I'm picking Basharat here. I don't think Zahabi's going to get that early finish, and if he doesn't, he does not score well but he also doesn't give up any points and basharat has yet to find a finish in the ufc three decisions if this goes to decision we could be looking at another 65 couldn't we we could be looking at 80 or 90 but either way that's not going to pay off 9500 for a guy that's never made the optimal lineup so basharat's the pick love him for cash um but yeah that's way i'd rather play klein than bosh well it'd be close <laughs> please don't there's you, you got to play both klein and umar above above um i already forgot his name i hate it so much uh yavid basher out here just because just do by the way we'll do it at the end of the show i i found a lineup with umar and klein that i like a lot that you're gonna see in some single entry stuff they score pretty I'm, similarly i'm, Klein. I'm and, definitely uh, i'm definitely playing i'm staring right at it i'm definitely playing this it's probably similarly it's, klein and bashara you know this is probably my uh, primary yeah i, I think I'm, of all the fights guys this one is the most fadeable yeah, on both sides uh you know maybe i'm in as the punt if you want to like take your shot on a guy who's going to be out there poking away for three rounds probably exactly He's caitlin sermina of of, of this fight of this card it's not it's not anything that i'm excited about but javid is not anything i'm excited about i'm a zombie for all his flaws of boringness um he's not he's not a scrub he's not a scrub in there he's a good fighter he's talented he's you know he's well trained and all of that so um he's not a scrub I, I want him to be i want to say he's a scrub i love saying there he's not a scrub he's a good enough fighter i think he's gonna last which means Javid super unlikely to get the 60 second kill that you need at his price to possibly pay off in this style of fight. So that that's, that's in a nutshell, like without the first round finish, Javid is just not doing it at his price point. And he's probably going to win the fight, but not score enough to matter. All right, next up we've got, uh, listen, I don't think these guys are very good either. Christian Leroy Duncan, CLD taking on Claudio Ribeiro. 
You gotta Duncan pull up the inside the distance here, Geek. You have yeah, to. let's pop it open. But I mean, Duncan minus three hundred five. It's so, a big old number. Uh, it's not the biggest number. Uh, minus two sixty under two and a half. So it's one of the better ones. Oh, there it is. Um, th- minus three seventy five to end inside the distance. Yeah. So we do have a high finish potential. And by the way, almost more importantly than that, this is another one of those fights. Like you can't play the ninety seven hundred and ninety six. You got to pick these 9K, $8,900 guys. And this one does feature at least a slightly tighter salary range than um, the other ones we've been covering up until now. And I kind of think you need, like a lot of the lineups, like I think Leroy Duncan is going to be super popular just because he falls in a salary point that you reach very frequently when you're making lineups on this card. You're going to see it when you're making lineups. So, Monk, um, I, I my my observation is that neither of these guys are scoring a lot of points until they get to finish. Um, I don't know. They both score well over three points a minute. Um, <clears throat> you know, just overall, uh, three point two for CLD and three point four two for Claudio Hibero. Um, both scoring over three point two at distance. No grappling uh, is what inside I'm the distance. It's a little less. Um, so I'm not really expecting that here. But that's what we want, man. I think this is uh a must play fight to be completely honest and i'm picking cld here and like you said 8900 is a good spot you're going to need somebody like that to balance things out but when these guys win 107.7 for uh duncan 110 when claudio got his win um and both guys are winning and you know well leroy duncan is winning by ko first and second round not great opponents but claudio hibero is not fighting the greatest i mean kapilov is is a good opponent but the other two not so much uh, and he's been finished in the second round in both of his losses and his one win against joseph holmes was a tko finish win so i think yeah one of these guys is getting slept i think it's going to be uh hibero and uh i like christian leroy duncan who's made optimal out of two of those three fights to get the win here but that said i'm not counting out hibero i did said at the beginning of this this uh breakdown that this is a must-play fight, so I'm playing both sides. I'm going to be heavier on CLD um, because I personally think he's going to get the win. Uh, Hibero gives up 3.4 points a minute over his uh, UFC career. Not a good number there, but when both guys win, their average value is about 12.5. Very, very good number. Sniper, um, any reason to think that Ribeiro is going to be the guy? He's that underdog? He's fine. He's Get totally. He's, he's, one of the, he's one of the ones to mix in. Skill wise, breaking down the fight, I ha, I'd have to take um, CLD here. I think his movement is better. Ribeiro's kickboxer, not, not kickboxer, um, Muay Thai style. That I just don't. I don't love in this matchup. Is if you can move, I think Duncan will be able to to do that. Stay out of range. I like the finish potential though. The problem is when Duncan's gonna have to crash into cover distance, and he could get caught. So. I think it's the GPP special fight. Do not touch it in cash games. I'm going to pick Duncan because I think he's a little better, but it's not a super strong take. I don't think either guy's got especially high upside. So, yeah, probably Ribeiro will be one of my top mm, top three, maybe four dogs in the card. Yeah, listen, these guys aren't going to grapple, and that's a big part of this. There's not You're not going to see any much wrestling. If it happens, it's going to be minimal, right? Both guys are going to go in there and try to throw fist. You know, that leads to one of two things. Sometimes that leads to sort of a low, a low, you know, a, a, a lower scoring decision. But with these two, more often than not, it's going to lead to one guy getting finished at some point along the way. I, I don't see it all in. 
I like the inside the distance prop. I more so like the salaries that you're getting on both guys. You're just forced to play like Ribeiro in a lot of lineups, not Ribeiro, uh, Duncan in a lot of lineups because it's just, that's what's left on, uh, you know, pitch, we, we started with Petrino. You can't play normally when you, the, the way math works on DraftKings, you can't. Generally... <laughs> the way math works. Well, the way math works on DraftKings with the salary, you generally can't play two guys that are in the high 9K range. That's not how DraftKings MMA DFS generally Great. works. I'm sure you figured out a way to finagle two guys in there, but generally. I, I do want to show that you guys at the end. I think you're going to like it. I, I'll check it out. But like generally when you do that, you're playing so many turds that you have no chance. It's like the it's like the noobs that go into NBA and they click Giannis and they click, you know, KD and they click Luka Doncic. And they're like, oh, man, I got to put like five 3K guys in the lineup to make it work. Like that doesn't win anything. And that generally doesn't win DraftKings uh, MMA contests either. Like that is not how you win. So you, you kind of stuck playing these types of guys. I think it's fine. I like this fight. Um, I don't think either guy is very good. I, I think these guys both kind of suck. And yeah, they're big throwers, but like, you know, put them in against somebody who's like top 20. They're both going to get crushed. So yeah, I'll favor Duncan as well. All right, we're coming to it, guys. This is my favorite fight on this card to target. I love the salaries. I love the volume. I like that the underdog is effectively now becoming a favorite. Almost. He's going to get there. I even bet him. Vicious, Vinicius D'Olivera. I feel like I skipped a fight, though. Taking on Bernardo Serpage. And to are you seeing what I'm seeing? Hold on a second. No, you're good. We're just There's a fight out. missing from the screen here. We'll get to that one. But there is a missing fight on the fight odds screen, unless I'm losing my mind. There's 11. You are you are losing your mind. We, we, we have we have this fight and uh, okay. Right. No, all right, all right. There it is, Al Sawadi. There he is on the last one. Okay, all right. Sorry. Anyway, vicious Vinicius minus one thirty five. Bernardo Serpage plus one fifteen. Line is so moving. One hundred five, one fifteen, plus one hundred. It's moving. Um, I, I have to do a geek aside for this one before I forget. And you get oh, two so geek. Uh, yeah, is, just is that how apparently so doing do no just well doing tape study. What I learned this week is that everyone in Greece is named Nikos, except this guy. Because I was doing it, he's like he fought Nikos this and Nikos that and this Nikos and that Nikos. Fucking, I was losing my mind watching tape. Sniper, this fight is minus two fifty to inside the distance. Love it. Love it. The these are action yeah. fighters. I, I thought Monk was going to be shooting out of his chair for this one. All right. Vinicius putting up nine strikes per minute in his first, in his UFC uh, uh, debut effort. Right. Vicious. Vinicius. Contender series. Um, yeah. Against Madrigal and contender series. But more importantly, um, action fighters, low cost. You're getting effectively a pick em fighter. At 7,600 if you want to play Bernardo. And the fight has a high inside the distance prop. Everything says load them up. What do you say, Monk? 
Uh, yeah, we've mentioned a couple times, I mean, what we expect ownerships to be and whatnot. And this is obviously going to be one of the highest owned fights. So if we are talking about game theory, this can't be a 100% owned fight because everyone else is going to own it. Um, and one of two things happens with two new guys who are full of finishes uh, in their professional career when they fight each other uh, first in the UFC. It either finishes because they're both extremely wild and it's a low level fight or it does the exact opposite and goes all three and the winner scores 70 or 80 points. We've seen it a hundred times. Um, I don't know who to, I'm guess I'm picking Oliveta. I don't really know. I don't know much about these guys stats wise. I have three minutes of tape uh, for Dana White contender series for Oliveta. And I don't have any for Sopage, you know, that I would don't have to really dig for. So I'll personally do that uh, in my off time, but, uh, but I have no stats here. Uh, as a stat guy other than the immense amount of finishes that they have so i guess i'll play it but like i said we're talking about game theory and staying away from what everybody's gonna do everyone is going to have this fight so you're gonna have to decide for yourself me personally i'm gonna hopefully try to get under um to the field just to just for that just for that reason alone uh one of these guys is gonna have to show me what he's got before i can feel comfortable rostering a ton of him at uh what are not cheap cheap salaries like yeah for the for the favorite it is but for the dog this is one of the most expensive dogs on the card yeah he could pay off but i mean we don't know that yet so i'm gonna play a little bit of a contrarian approach and not go crazy with this one but i'm also not like fading it either i'm just gonna be average monk every other every other underdog is like plus 350 plus 500 and you got a guy who's plus 100 sure and, and everybody's gonna, gonna play him. when it comes to everybody's <laughs> gonna play him. The ownership's gonna be like 45 35. You know what you do? You go 50 50, and I'm over on both guys. No, see, I'd go 30 and 20, you know, 35 25. I get I I I get and I've done that with another spots. For me, this is this isn't that spot. Fine strategy, agree to disagree. I mean, I, it makes perfect sense. For me, I'm just gonna go over on both guys, and and I still am gonna pick Vinicius de Oliveira. But Sopai is going to be up there, and actually, in that lineup, I was saying I, I like so much Sopai is in it, just just because odds value finish potential of the fight overall, and I couldn't I couldn't fight D'Alevera. And listen, he's a contender series guy. He was fighting somebody who's not good, threw a lot of strikes, fought a punching bag. Sopai is a little hard to gauge exactly where he is. I mean, he's you know he's fighting on um in in Fight Club Rush, and but he does have he does have some fights in Brave, which is a good promotion so he's 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 not fighting nobody it's it just it's got a high action fight you got 30 there was there's 35 fights between them i believe and a total of five finishes d'alavera seen the judges i think once and so i seen him three times and in the last two fights so has got back-to-back first round finishes and his one he's got the last light was to uh francesco nuzzi who's i think fighting in pfl now he was in pfl last year at, at some point like a good guy who I don't think has lost the fight. So they're going to go, they're going to throw down and it's going to be high variance, high variance, high volatility, big scores. You can go monk shroud. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the worst idea in the world. Just for me this week, not for me. I'm going to go the other direction. That's one of those when you're building, when you're building your lineups though, have a clear strategy for it. Don't, don't just let an optimizer do what it's gonna, like. You, this is a fight. You need to decide what you're going to do. Are you all in? Or are you under? I mean, the inside of distance prop minus two fifty. I get it. I think the odds makers are kind of guessing there a little bit too. These guys just both have 
finish their fights. They're 135. That's not the that's not a weight class that finishes as frequently as minus 250 would suggest they should. They're 135ers. Yeah, it's more of a you know decision fight kind of weight class, I think. But um do we know if either of these guys is a heavy grappler? I mean, uh De Oliveira didn't really do any of that in his contender series, didn't need to. Sniper no, did zero percent. No, like, no, he didn't he didn't need to. Yeah, I mean, like, are these is there any grappling that we can expect from either guy to make up for the non Yeah, and if there's not, what happens if this gets out of the first? The yeah, winner's no, now scoring like 80 points. It could turn into a disaster. Listen, it, yeah, it could turn into a disaster, especially on the favorite side, though. That's where D. Oliveira comes in for me. Like, playing the $8,600 guy, all right, you know. But at the $7,600 level, you're kind of like, hey, if this guy wins, there's not that many punts that are likely to win on this card. So if he just gets the W, I think we're good, even if it's a 75 or an 85 type score. So I'm less concerned about the score for Sapaj, which is why I favor him in this fight in general, because he doesn't need to put up a monster score. He just needs to, he probably just needs to win. I don't know how many underdog winners we're going to get. So just a win at 7,600 is probably enough. You know, you combine that with, like I said, you're still going to have to take a, a Schnell level 7K guy and hope to, you know, if none of them win, you still need to take one of them. It's not like you can't, you can make a lineup without one of those guys. All right. Last up. Luik Raskabov taking on Abdul Karim Al Salwadi. Um I lied by the way. I'm picking two underdogs. Oh, there we go. Al Salwadi minus 178. Luik Rastabov plus 153. Um, let's see here. Over two and a half rounds, minus 160. So the odds makers are leaning towards a decision for this pairing. Um, Luik is basically one of these stiff wrestlers. You know, Russian-y, wherever he's from, Tajikistan. Stiff wrestler. Got kicked in the leg in his last fight. Looked like shit. But before that, I think he got 11 takedowns in a fight, um, which was impressive. Um, I don't know too much about uh, Mr. Al-Sawadi. But um, he's favored. What do you say, Monk? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, this is my one dog that I'm picking is, is Radzabov here. Uh, Esteban Rivovich is a pretty good prospect, in my opinion. And he did get 11 takedowns landed on him. Controlled him for 51% of the fight and scored 120 in his debut. He then fought a very tough prospect in Mateusz Rombeski. Uh, got beat in the second round. Um, didn't do much at all offensively. Was, kicks, man. was not was... able to get uh, any takedowns against Rombeski as we were expecting. So that was kind of just a, a wrecking ball type situation. Here, I think we stepped down the competition from Mateusz, uh, back to a guy that you know has only fought on the Dana White Contender Series. And let's be honest, he did not look great. He he out uh, struck his opponent by what 15 strikes in 15 minutes. Um, controlled only 13% of the fight on one takedown would have scored 70 points in that win, uh, for, for, uh, for Dana White contender series. So yeah, he didn't allow many points. Um, but he also didn't score much. So this is another show me what you got type fight. I'm going with Radzibov here. He didn't look great at, like I said, against Mateusz, but he has fought 
um, in UFC cage for like 22 and a half minutes. So give me that, uh, that experience. I think it goes a long way. And in my opinion, he's got two pretty damn good opponents, um, at lightweight. So yeah, give me uh Radzibov. Hopefully he can land a takedown. If he can't, I'm going to be in for a long first fight of the night. That is for sure. But, uh, I love his price tag here and, uh, I think he's got uh, a lot of upside if he can get his game going. Looks like he is, um, yeah, he's got Henry Hoof as his coach. So he is, uh, you know, yep. training in a real gym. Not in Tajikistan. He's in America. America. Look, I'm 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 with I'm with Monk on this one. Rod's above. I think the we talk about recency bias on occasion and Rebecca fight. I get it. He didn't look good, but I think a bit of an overreaction here to because Al Sawadi didn't look that good. I get. I mean, he got curb stomped by Rebecca. Totally did. That was he took the appropriate amount of time off. He's been off for eight months. Think it's fine. The leg this, was shot so yeah. early in that fight, man. A couple if, of kicks and it was done. Yeah. If Al Sawadi wins this fight, it's because he's made significant improvements. I actually think the line is kind of flat out wrong, just based on what, what I've seen from these two guys. I think we're kind of people the, the people picking Sawadi, I think you're assuming a little much and you're a little too far down on on um Loic. And and maybe I'm wrong, but I just think the grappling upside, Al Sawadi didn't look that good. Radzibov is cheaper. It's got a big upside. I, I have to side with him here, especially against the guy making his UFC debut, who I don't think looked that good in the last fight. So this is the other dog I'm going to be taking straight up. I like it. I'm with you guys. I'm going back to Loic uh, here. I actually um, had a little exposure to him against uh, Rebecca. That sucked. But you go back to him. But, but uh, again... He understand who he is. He's just a stiff kind of grappler guy. Just very classic. You know, think um, who's that Swedish? And I can't remember his name uh, right now, but uh, that Swedish heavyweight. That's Lira like five What? Yeah, Lira Latifi. Like, yeah, <laughs> nice memory. Yeah, <laughs> he gives me he gives me a Lira Latifi vibes. Like this guy just has that sort of slow moving, but a little just a wrestler. He's got nothing else going on. But that might be enough to beat a low level um uh kareem al salwadi uh character so yeah give me uh Luik here for one more sub 8k fighter that you really need in order to make lineups work this week um mm -hmm. yeah let, let's wrap it up guys let's talk some kill shots uh sniper you want to bring back the three man here and we'll talk some kill shots sure well actually real real quick pull up pull up the uh draft kings build there we we'll go. got here on kill shots. Tell me how crazy you think this. Actually, we can't give away a whole lineup, so just put in Ludovic Klein. Okay, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Gaziev in the main event. This is my guy, and I'm gonna get some value here. I'm gonna I got Sopai, Sopai and Loic to open the night, and punt one match now. Danger. You get Umar in there. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. Th this is what I'm saying, though. You can make it work with Sopai. But before this fight was added, you needed two super turds in your lineup in order I, I, to even I, I, make it. I would probably say if I had to if you had to pick another one down there to make this work, I guess you would go. Ooh, you'd probably you'd probably have to <laughs> roll the dice on actually. 
for a GPP build, Claudio Hibero in that in that super toss-up fight against CLD. Yeah, I think that one is the one. Or again, you know, switching from Gadziev to Rosenstrike opens some stuff up. But um, yeah. let's see if you put in or Perez maybe. But yeah, if you put in Ribeiro, you can't get Umar in there, but you can get one of the other studs. So at that point, yeah, I don't see. But by the way, I don't I don't see any reason not to load up on Petrino. And Oliveira as well. So I, I think there are just other ways to build that'll be really interesting this week. I, what I'm curious about is if it's possible to make a lineup without having to play anybody below Sopage. So let me see here. That gets tough. If you pull, you go. You got. You get Sopage. You need Rosenstrike to make it work. With Rosenstrike in there, here we go. We like Duncan. 8,800. Uh-oh. Yeah. No, then you have to play, you have to play Al-Sawadi if you want to play Gazayev. And and, and and then you can do it. But then you have to play Sawadi. No, if I'm playing Al-Sawadi, oh, no, i got to get rid of uh, Luis. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't work. There's no way to do it. Hmm. Right? Am I missing something here? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it can't be done. Cannot be done, Monk. Monk, you're which the means now that's the petition. Which means that's now the number one probably lineup go to that when people are building their first lineups like can i get both of these guys in there and that's the only lineup they're going to come up with yeah well that's the 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 so you can the, split the, it with all sixty thousand of your friends the, the sniper version with the two studs in there is one thing but there's no version of a lineup that you can make without taking um, again unless i'm missing something uh a sub seventy six hundred dollar fighter so you right. have to choose one of Ribeiro, Pedro, Perez, Schnell, Pickett, uh, Zahabi, uh, Cunningham, and uh, it gets worse and worse and worse. I think these are all losses, by the way. I think you're picking a loser. Oh yeah, you have to. Yeah, I, I, I think the winning. La, I think it was last week. The nuts had a loser in it, uh, like it had a loss in it. Unless I'm two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Yeah. The, where the nuts had actually it was Vince's. Well, it's because um, it's, it's because every every ago. favorite one. Yeah, yeah. And you if they give pick. that fucking, uh, I want you got you got me off. If they give the win to Neil over Machado Gary in that split decision, I win every GPP on the board, all of them. Such a burn. I was like, and he didn't deserve to win, but they started reading the split, and I was like, please God, please God, let this happen. Who's the who's the turd here? Ribeiro to Almacan. Who scores the most? Let's make that our kill shot. This well, is what you need to decide. That's got me thinking. I might even be switching mine on the fly here. Like, Monk, who's going to score the most? All right, so if we're thinking that... Uh, so we, we, we can get into kill shots. I was originally on Discord. Um, I picked Tyson Pedro because of his round one upside. Now, is that actually going to happen? The chances very low i think very highly of vitor petrino so let's kind of go hibero i guess that's an okay one perez i don't think he's gonna win schnell maybe pickett no cunningham no Almacan, no that leaves Eamon zahabi to lose a decision the most veteran player in this region Eamon zahabi to lose a decision and score 30 to 40 points possibly i know he's super low volumes that's probably not gonna happen that dude scores that dude but scores 30, 40 in a win. The, yeah, exactly. These This is a real shit show for us. I'll stick with my original. You know, it's it's just round one upside. It's a real shit show for dogs this week. 
I would love to have picked Radzibov. That is the first guy I looked at. Unfortunately for our kill shots, that's $100 too expensive. And I stick to the rules on this show. I'm not giving out any favorites or any close lines. So, yeah, I'll just stick with it. Fuck it. Tyson Pedro uh, for the round one upside, even though I don't think it happens. If it does happen, it's going to score well, and he's going to make optimal. Listen, my my answer is exactly the same, whether it's it's um, most points in a decision loss or the guy that can break the slate. It's Matt Schnell. Schnell, he's just going to move forward and throw. And if Ersig doesn't doesn't finish him, I think he's super alive to a win. And even if <clears throat> to a to a finish, I should say, and a win, clearly. But I think if if it goes three rounds, the volume that Matt Schnell, unless just Ersig cracks him gets on top and schnell i guess i guess the caveat i can talk myself into and can admit schnell does in the past he's played that dangerous i'm going to try and triangle you bullshit off his back yeah so he, he could try and do that but i i, I gotta go with schnell I, I i also i wanted to to pick loic but he's too expensive so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean listen the the clear best <laughs> underdog after low is so posh all right the guy's plus 100 right now I don't even think that's a fair kill shot. I think that's just the chalk on the yeah, slate. Chalk. I'm not calling that the kill shot. <clears throat> but I, I actually, looking over this card, I'm actually just going to agree with you, Sniper. I think that the best underdog to play of this range, because you have to play one. If I'm picking, I like Ribeiro too, so I like that one, but I think he's a little bit more kill or be killed. So like with your Pedro thought process, Monk, that's my thought process on Riviera. I kind of think he could just get a knockout, and I love him for that reason, but it's more kill or be killed. I think Chanel is in there for three rounds of strike. Like, I think Chanel's, I think that fight's going to last. I think Chanel is that guy that gives us the best chance of 35 in a loss, or maybe he wins it. I don't know. But I think he, he gives us the most points in a decision loss out of this group. But, you know, guys at home, you know what I'm saying? When you're making the lineups... Don't be scared of the fact that you have to play somebody 7,300 and below. There's no math that allows you to do it any different from what I can tell. You're going to have to play one of these guys. The deeper you dive here, you know, the the more of the expensive guys you want to play. That's what I was saying in the beginning. I don't know how much Umar or Ludovic or any of these guys I'm going to be able to play because in order to get Umar in there, I kind of have to play two of those guys. And I definitely don't want to be doing that. So, uh, or doing a whole lot of that. So, like I said, if you're using the optimizer and you're trying to force like 30, 40% Umar, understand what your lineups are going to look like. Understand the math of how a lineup has to come together on this one. It's just not going to work. You're going to have to play fucking turds all over the place on this card. The reason being there are simply no fighters at 8K. There's no 8,100. Like it's just missing some dollar amounts that normally we have to take in order to make the lineups work. So it's a really interesting card. Embrace. I'm embracing it, guys. I'm embracing the weird. And so the weird goes as far as that is at 130. Yeah. Makes sense that's 130. Who wants to stay up late this for this? This is the Saudi card. That's why it's so early. This is what we were supposed to bring to uh Saudi. <laughs> and Saudi Arabia was like, nah, no, we're good. Now do we understand why Saudi said no? I hope so. Wait, what <laughs> happened? It was supposed to be in Saudi Arabia, and now it's where? Apex. We're not taking this card for Saudi card. The Saudis were insulted. Yeah, basically. They say you better come better than that. 
Prince Mohammed bin bin uh, Saladin was like, yeah, hell take no. This shit back to the apex, boy. You know, you're not bringing this crap over here. Yeah. They, they well, saw Eric Anders on the card. They saw Eric Anders on the card, and they're like, wait, what? What? Well, that's why Umar's on it. That's why take this card away. On it. Jamie Tutap Pickett on this card. That guy hasn't won since uh, since 2016. What's going on here? Yeah, it's weird. Weird, weird, weird. Good stuff. All right, guys. That's going to do it for the kill shot. We got a big card coming up next week. So make sure you hit the like button. You're subscribed to the channel. All that good stuff. Let us know your thoughts on the card. What are you doing? Who's your underdog? Who's your kill shot? Who are you taking? As a matter of fact, who are you taking? 7,300 or below. Who's your guy? Pick the right name. Win all the monies. Let us know in the comments. If you're not signed up at DFS Army, make sure to check out DFS Army. Get in the get in the action. We got the cheat sheets for all the MMA cards. NASCAR is going strong right now. We crush the niche sports. We take it serious. A lot of the sites don't even have a lot of niche sports. You know, we have esports going nonstop, Monk. Did you know this? Yeah, it's it's wild. You can uh, you can I bet you, you could go 365 and not miss a DraftKings day. Every in all of the stuff we have every single day. Esports. I'm playing esports right now. League of Legends, Korea. What's up? There you go. Optimizer crushing it. I gotta get I gotta get up at 3 a.m. tonight to see um to see uh you know who the starting lineups are for uh, <laughs> Korean video game players. I'll stay up, I don't care. Hardcore. It's good to be back, guys. I missed you. I missed Likewise, the whole MMA crew, the degenerates crew in the MMA channel. We can't let them out of the MMA channel, though. This is another thing that's really important. I need to police this. We can't have the MMA degenerates just popping up in random NBA channels in the Discord. That is just that's just bad news, guys. I think you guys should go invade all those channels. I am your leader. Go invade. If you're going to invade a channel, invade the NHL channel, the hockey goons, and the MMA goons. That is just the ultimate. I want to see it. Soccer hooligans, maybe. Uh, soccer hooligans. All our British crew. They're all like, what are you, what are you Americans doing here? We got a, we, we, we got a few Welshmen in the soccer room who will fuck you up. No, you don't oh, want to fuck those guys. Yeah. No. yeah. But, but do you know, British people get into fights like Welsh UK people, they get into fights all the time. They love that shit. Like they just walk <laughs> around looking for fights and they're not even like, like we did that maybe when I was 18, 19, they're like a grown and doing that. <laughs> yeah. that you, you, you think Patty Pimblet wouldn't suck balls. <laughs> you're full grown just getting into fights just like yeah like, that, dude, you're that old man ate that punch from mcgregor it didn't go down yeah He's like, got, that was his third fight altercation this week that's what i'm saying like these guys are these guys are used to it they're like no 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 conor McGregor. that old guy was like dude conor mcgregor you're fucking five foot seven get the fuck away from me i'm, six, <laughs> I'm 60 like i've fought more times than you they're they are they are uh, a special breed out in uk i love them love those guys um. Anyway, all right. Good fight. Good card. Sniper, hit the end button. Jeez. All right. I'm waiting for you to like give give the sign off and goodbye. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Later, guys.